Something big just happened in the domain of real-time OSs. Microsoft open-sourced Azure RTOS by transitioning it to the Eclipse Foundation. If you're not familiar with the name Azure RTOS, you certainly are with the name ThreadX, considering it has been one of the major commercial real-time OSs on the market. So what does that mean for ThreadX and all its features, all its tooling? What license is it open-sourced under? Who will be maintaining it? Who can contribute? What motivated Microsoft to do that? To answer all these questions and more, I invited Frédéric Debien from the Eclipse Foundation and Stefan Vick from the Azure IoT team for a new episode of the IoT Show. This is the IoT Show. Thanks for tuning in. Today we will talk about Eclipse ThreadX, a newly open-sourced real-time OS. Well, it's not new, but we'll talk about that with Frédéric from the Eclipse Foundation as well as Stefan from Microsoft. Like Frédéric, let's start with you. How about you introduce yourself, tell us who you are, and what are you doing at the uh, Eclipse IoT Foundation? Uh, thank you, Olivier. So I manage IoT embedded and edge computing programs at the Eclipse Foundation, and uh, well. Uh, you know, for the time being, uh, I will be the program manager for ThreadX, and this is uh, really exciting for me. <laughs> what about you, Stefan? Hey, Olivier, thanks for having me. Uh, great to be back on your show. Um, I'm a product management lead in Azure IoT. I'm responsible for the Azure IoT Hub service, as well as for the Azure RTOS um, real-time operating system, you know, which is what we're talking about today. And I'm also the project lead for Eclipse ThreadX, leading the transition of Azure Atos to the Eclipse Foundation. Awesome. So, Stefan, you're saying transition of you know, ThreadX to the Eclipse Foundation. Tell me more about that. What just happened? Yeah, so we have announced uh, the transition of Azure Atos uh, to the Eclipse Foundation under open source um, and uh, to become Eclipse ThreadX. Eclipse ThreadX is more than an RTOS, it's, it's more than a, a real-time operating system. It's an advanced embedded development suite that includes a powerful real-time operating system um, with ultra-fast performance uh, for very constrained devices. Um, you know, minimum footprint is about two kilobyte um, and, you know, for a cloud-connected um, uh, scenario, it's about 50 kilobyte footprint on, on the device. Um, it's more than an operating system uh, because it comes with a, a full suite of middleware components uh, for uh, file system, uh, USB, uh, you know, GUI applications, uh, and so on, as well as great tooling support and, and tooling integration you know, with industry uh, standard uh, IDEs and, and tooling. Sounds good. So this next one is going to be for you, Frédéric. How does the... the ThreadX fit into the Eclipse IoT uh, you know, ecosystem. There's like a bunch of IoT projects within the Eclipse IoT projects. Uh, and how does it fit? And, and there already is an RTOS there, right? Like call Onero, I think. Uh, so what does it mean for all these other projects? Yes, of course. So, well, in fact, 
That's one thing that uh, we will clarify right away. Uh, Oniro is, yes, uh, tangentially related to RTOSs, but it's a kind of modular thing that provides services over a variety of kernels like LightOS or the Linux kernel. So they really focus on this added value for applications in their APIs and things like that. So from an Oniro perspective, they are glad that ThreadX is coming. Maybe they will contemplate using the kernel at some point, but that's up to them to decide. So there's no really conflict or competition between the two, uh, the two ecosystems there. Now, uh, from an Eclipse perspective, and that's the thing, people associate us still with the classical desktop Java IDE, and that's fine. You can love it, you can hate it, whatever. There are 2.5 uh, million downloads every month for that thing. So, you know, still as a community, that's quite impressive. Um, but the thing is, Eclipse has been doing IoT since 2011, right? So that's quite a mature IoT ecosystem that we've got there. And we've got a number of components for constrained devices, edge nodes, and IoT cloud platforms. And overall, that's over 50 projects in that toolkit. Uh, some of them are more active than others. Some of them are more supported than others, and that's fine. But ultimately, if you focus just on the core 20 to 25 more uh, popular projects that we've got there, you've got everything that you need to build a comprehensive IoT slash embedded solution, protocol implementations, supporting platforms, and all of that. So ThreadX fits in right there, because we didn't have a kernel, our own kernel, for uh, Artos and the supporting components that uh, Stefan just described. Awesome. So we'll come back to the more technical aspects of it, but I want to go back to you, Stefan. What motivated the open sourcing of ThreadX? It was a commercial product for Microsoft, and before Microsoft acquired ExpressLogic that was developing it, it was already uh, a uh, you know closed source um, commercial product. Why open sourcing that from Microsoft's perspective? Yeah, uh, you know, Olivier, uh, over the last couple of years, uh, we've seen a lot of interest and a lot of requests from different communities, different partners, uh, different customers, device builders, makers, and so on, um, you know, for the ThreadX technology, uh, for the Azure Atos and, and the middleware. And um, we, we found that, you know, the, the, the current model that we had, you know, with a closed uh, source approach and the licensing we had in place, uh, wasn't really uh, scaling well to you know all all those uh, requests and all the interest in the community and uh, so in our commitment uh, to foster greater innovation and more community collaboration, we now believe that transitioning Azure Atos to an open source model will make it a lot more accessible and also promote a broader community involvement in the technology. And will, will Microsoft still be involved in terms of having developer resources uh, contributing code to the project? Is there specific, you know, focus? What does it mean for the Azure IoT connectivity parts? Uh, what's the what's the your take here on that? So, a couple of yeah, a couple of questions in in that one um, that I will answer, you know, one after the other. Um, so, first of all, you know, Microsoft is part of the. Eclipse ThreadX interest group. Uh, in fact, I'm the Eclipse ThreadX project lead, um, you know, in, in that interest group. And uh, the goal of this group is uh, to form an, you know, uh, uh, you know the long-term Eclipse ThreadX working group 
uh, that will we'll hope to stand up in the next couple of months. And that group will support and maintain the ThreadX projects going forward in the long run. Um, with respect to your question about Azure IoT connectivity, um, I will say just like Azure Atos before, Eclipse ThreadX will continue to support connection to any IoT cloud provider. So we've, we've always uh, supported that, uh, you know, going back to uh, the Express uh, Logic days. Um, you know, we may not have, you know, highlighted, emphasized, uh, you know, all the clouds, you know, as much as as the Azure cloud over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, but now going forward, I also expect the community to, you know, provide even more uh, diverse support here, you know, for different uh, types of connectivity solutions. Awesome. Thanks, Stefan. So, Frederick, I have one for you here. Um, Stefan already mentioned, uh, you know, some of the elements that compose ThreadX. ThreadX is not just a, a kernel of an operating system. It's also connectivity. It's also UI for uh, embedded. Uh, can you tell me more about what are the various pieces here? And, um, and, and two follow-up questions. These are, are these independent projects that anyone can just take Apart from the ThreadX itself, like if I want to use GuiX or NetX somewhere else, can I do that? Uh, and then we'll discuss a bit about you know how ThreadX compares to other uh, real-time OSs. But if you can give me you know an overview of the various features and how they will be accessible, usable uh, by developers out there, of course. And um, before we get to that, one important thing to mention: we said that we are open-sourcing this, but uh, we didn't didn't mention the license that would be used. Oh. And so, the license selected for everything that Microsoft is contributing is the MIT license, which means it's quite permissive. So it enables you to to make your modifications and keep them for yourself. So you know, ideal for integration into uh, devices and things like that where you want to. Uh, let's say, keep your industrial secrets to yourself. Um, given, given this now, uh, ThreadX as a project will encompass uh, a full suite of components. So there's the ThreadX kernel, there's uh, the networking stack NetX Duo, so IPv4, IPv6 support with a full uh, implementation of several popular protocols like MQTT and CoAP and others. Uh, mentioning them all would take way, way too long. Um, then, of course, there is uh, the GUI part, uh, GUIX, and GUIX is really a, a design time tool and uh, the supporting runtime uh, libraries to get that displayed uh, um, on, on the actual device. Mm -hmm. You've got uh, TraceX, uh, which is uh, a tool to trace in real time what's happening under the hood, uh, quite useful as well. And uh, I, I probably am forgetting something there. So uh, GUIX, NetX, uh, that's, that's oh, FileX, the file system. Uh, and, and, and the file system uh, supports various, uh, various versions of uh, the FAT or FAT uh, file system, which is typically very popular for uh, USB keys and uh, uh, as well as SD cards. Mm -hmm. And and the thing in there is really interesting is that it's got uh, support uh, for uh, where levering uh, of of uh, flash storage, so you can uh, lengthen uh, the lifetime of your uh, flash storage uh, without having to do any, any anything too complicated. So that's 
really a great suite. And, and right now, there are existing repositories in the Azure Artos uh, organization on GitHub. And the expectation is that those repositories will move as is on the Eclipse side under a new organization, which means from a usability or developer perspective, this is a MIT license. There are separate repos for all the various components. So if you want to write your own kernel because you have nothing to do on a Saturday night, you know, then uh, free to do so. And then please pick up NetX uh, as your networking stack if you're not a networking guru. No problem there, right? So the fact that they are developed, let's say, as a... Uh, as a as a group, but at the same time that they are offered separately, gives you the flexibility to integrate what you need for whatever project you want. So we should expect, I would expect some other um, real-time OSs, especially open source ones, to start picking in uh, a node of code and reusing it, which is great for the community because going to a place where the code used is the same and is the best everywhere is ideal. Stefan, can you tell us a bit how you would say ThreadX and the various components compare to a Zephyr OS or to you know a FreeRTOS or other existing real-time OSs that are out there used in the industry? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, certainly. Um, uh, you know, with this move, we're also looking, you know, for more collaboration uh, here, you know, across different uh, Artos communities, um, you know, just to kind of double down on what uh, Frederick uh, said, you know, with all the middleware components that we are including here. And, you know, you mentioned GUIX and, and, and GUIX Studio. I think those are great additions um, that are also applicable to the broader um, ecosystem uh, here, where um, you know a developer can can pick up GUIX, you know, for their graphical user interface on, um, you know, maybe a different Artos um, um, uh, um, or or a bare metal device. Uh, so so that's that's great news for for everyone. Um, now specifically, you know, why why you would choose ThreadX, um, you know, as as your stack and and as your kernel. Uh, there are a num number of uh, great reasons uh, to consider. Um, you know, one is the the memory usage uh, that is you know extremely um, uh, competitive, extremely uh, you know low, uh, which is important for uh, embedded developers. Uh, same with the performance. You know, the benchmarks you know, for key scenarios are uh, are really uh, you know very uh, competitive and have been you know fine tuned over many many years. Um, as we mentioned, it's a it's a complete integrated uh, suite of tools that you know also has great support in uh, various IDEs, um, um, you know around the industry. You know with IAR, uh, several of the IDEs from our semiconductor partners, and of course uh, Visual Studio and and VS Code as well. Um, one thing that uh, I will say is super important uh, that that I want to highlight is uh, the existing safety certifications. Uh, as well as security certifications for the kernel and for the middleware. Uh, those are an important differentiator, uh, especially, you know, compared to other open source uh, RTOS um, offerings that, that are uh, available. Um, I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, overall, I will also highlight uh, the ease of use. Uh, I know this is subjective uh, and, you know, I'm probably biased, but, you know, 
um, uh, ThreadX is uh, you know much easier to use than you know some some of uh, the other products out there. And I, I would slightly add to that as well. I think uh, from um, from a comparative standpoint, you know, there are, as you mentioned, Olivier, other open source real time operating systems in the market. But what makes ThreadX special or Eclipse ThreadX special is really the fact that none of them has the same four base attributes. The fact that it's under a permissive license, the fact that it's under vendor-neutral governance because the Eclipse Foundation is a nonprofit vendor-neutral organization where every, every member is treated on a level playing field. The fact, of course, that there are the safety and security certifications and uh, the, 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 the fact that, well, essentially, uh, we have an, an open ecosystem around it. So some other real-time open source operating systems have some of those attributes, but none of them has all four. And, and really, this is the big change that we are bringing yep. to the market with Eclipse Tradex. Uh, so yeah, it's it's always great to see a community project. That's you know, as you were saying, Frederic, the the main advantage of Eclipse, which is an, an actual real community project. Uh, certifications uh, are, is certainly super important for lots of customers who want to use a, a real time OS. So these certifications are already you know uh, existing today. Will they be maintained? Will they be updated? Because that's something you need to keep up, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is a really important uh, part of the transition uh, that the project team is working through right now. Um, a transitioning uh, the existing um, uh, certifications over to the Eclipse Foundation, uh, but then also uh, setting up the Eclipse Threadex project for renewal of the certifications uh, in the future as the uh, project evolves. Uh, as uh, you know, more more contributions are are made. Um, you know, we we want to regularly uh, recertify uh, the uh, the kernel and and the middleware uh, components on you know an, an annual basis or you know what, whatever makes uh, most sense. Uh, so that is actually um, a process we're working through right now. Uh, there's you know some interesting uh, aspects uh, to that. You know around not only around you know transitioning all the you know best practices and the test suites and and all that, but also about establishing a, a new development uh, process uh, an engineering process in the open source that will allow us to you know effectively recertify uh, these components on a regular basis. That makes Indeed. sense. That's perfect. And we're breaking new ground at Eclipse uh, around that. Some of the details are not decided completely yet. And that's the point of the interest group that, that Stefan told us about earlier. The fact that we are sitting down with, let's say, the core partners of the initiative to start so that we hone down yeah, the high-level processes that need to get into this and then uh, perform eventually a first release using those processes and, and get that uh, probably certified. And after that, you know, uh, we'll, uh, we'll have a, a community that would be at cruise altitude, uh, so to speak, and uh, we'll be able to, to uh, well, we'll certainly have more answers to people that are curious about how things will be done. At this point, we are transitioning and we are making those decisions in regular meetings 
but uh, well, stay tuned because, uh, of course, we will we will be doing this into the public, and we will release information and uh, add questions uh, to our uh, FAQs uh, as as we go forward and make decisions on those points. That makes sense, and and that triggers a question that is, you know, you can go to like threadix.io and get more information there. But Frederic, who do we want involved, and who can be involved in that interest group? Uh, and I guess they will get the information on how to join, how to ask questions, and so on on threadix.io, right? But what kind of are we looking for? Individuals, corporations, all of the above. So at this point, what we are looking for are organizations, corporations that are willing to join the Eclipse Foundation because membership in the interest group is reserved to Eclipse members. Uh, and this is because of antitrust policies and things like that. I don't want to bother anything with lawyer-oriented uh, details today. But uh, yeah, that's, that's the main reason why. So if your organization is interested to be involved early in the process, uh, you can become very quickly an Eclipse member. You say when uh, you are contacted about this that you want to become of the interest group and you are in. Some organizations did just that in a matter of days recently because they were excited about the, the opportunity. So it because uh, there's the, the word membership involved doesn't mean that it will take you know forever to be processed or anything like that. Now, in terms of developers and individuals, the best thing, if you are new to TreadX and all of that, there's a wealth of information from a technical standpoint on the existing websites and GitHub repositories, lots of getting started examples and all of that. They are still valid. So please have a look there and, and see if, and if you like what you see there, then uh, in the next few weeks, um, the code will be re-released under the new license and all of that. But, you know, uh, Apart from a few a few minor changes here and there, you know, future versions won't depart too much from a technical standpoint. So what you can learn today will still apply in a few weeks for sure. Uh, and the bigger changes are probably in the future, and that's up to the community to decide. So um, for individuals, I think that's the best thing. And of course, to subscribe to the developer mailing list, because at some point, of course, the open source project will be... Um, completely officially launched, and uh, people will be able to start submitting PRs, patches, uh, or even uh, GitHub issues uh, in order to, to fix uh, problems. And there, as I said, we, we need to figure out the, the, the little details because, of course, this is a safety-certified operating system, so it's not like we can accept random code into this. There is specific documentation to be produced and, of course, a specific test suite to pass as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but as I said, we are working on the details right now, so I can't tell you what will be required uh, to accept those contributions. But one thing is sure, everything uh, will be will be publicly documented there. So don't worry, we don't have all the answers today, but this is the start of a fantastic journey. And so by subscribing either to the main TreadX mailing list, or the developer TreadX mailing list, you can get all of the information in due time. Awesome, thanks, thanks, Frederic. And I would assume that you know, at the day as we were saying, we're recording this video. Things are not yet all in place, but they will soon be in place, and then the and then things will be rolling, right? Certification is one thing, 
uh, you were mentioning the, the like in, involvement or contributions from individual developers out there. Um, what can you give me a little teaser of what, from your perspective, both of you, let's start with you, Stefan, and then uh, you, Frédéric, what are the things we should expect next? Because it's always interesting to see, you know, something being open source, but we also like to have innovation or integration being added that, uh, that actually is what you would expect from a vibrant community like this one. So let's start with you, Stefan. What are the few things that you, uh, you know, as Stefan, uh, are envisioning for the future of the Eclipse Stratic project? Yeah, so I, I definitely expect um, more ports uh, to become available, you know, to support a broader uh, set of device types, um, microcontrollers and, you know, mic microprocessors. Uh, that's where I've seen, we've seen a, a lot of um, interest in, in the past. And, you know, now that we're opening it up, um, I think the, the door is open uh, for, for that. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, also, I expect more, you know, messaging and connectivity protocols uh, to get implemented. That That's another area where we see a lot of uh, interest and people, you know, want to get involved and want, want to um, make contributions. So, so those are kind of the... Uh, near-term uh, immediate things that, that I expect. Um, and then also um, I, I would expect our, you know, overall uh, developer experience, the, the, the documentation, the samples, getting started guides to expand beyond what we have today, um, you know, in, in the spirit of being vendor neutral, um, you know, and, and a broad community. I uh, would expect a, a lot more uh, to happen there. And then I see, you know, a lot of uh, interesting um, uh, synergies with other Eclipse projects as well. And, you know, maybe uh, Frederick uh, wants to talk to, to that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So from from a community perspective, let's say what's ahead for TreadX is, well, actual community building. So we're taking this into the realm of, community-driven open source projects. So we will be all over the place trying to find new adopters or to bring back uh, old adopters of the technology and make sure that uh, they regain interest in the platform, that they help grow it, that they invest in it, because this is now a common good, right? And uh, permissively licensed, so you can, go, you can do good money on the top of it if you want so. Now, from a technical standpoint, what's really interesting is, yes, the collaborations between uh, the TreadX project and working group and other initiatives at Eclipse. So, for example, uh, we have a little interesting project that's called Eclipse 40 ac And 40 ac is both a runtime and a development environment for open source PLCs. And that's a really interesting market segment. And uh, TreadX uh, will, in fact, can already be used to run the runtime on your actual PLC. So, you know, some people have been do doing that in the 4 community. So you can expect more uh, involvement from that part of the Eclipse community into TreadX. But, but really, the big one is the software-defined vehicle working group at the Eclipse Foundation. So really, um, this is an initiative with tons of momentum, with close to 40 members, I think a little over 40 at this point. And, you know, we have major 
car manufacturers over there. We have ma major suppliers to car manufacturers and all of that. So if I'm an executive at a company working on a commercial safety certified RTOS, well, I would be a bit nervous there because we're changing the game for uh, those kind of markets. And of course, you could you could see the same thing happen in other uh, markets like medical devices and things like that. Tradex is already there because of its, uh, of its certifications. But mm -hmm. now we're coming with the might of the open source community. So to me, that's a game changer. I love that. I love that. Did you mention Sparkplug as well? As oh, a yes, integration? absolutely. Forgot about that one. Well, Sparkplug, for those who are not familiar with it, that's a specification, an open specification and open source uh, implementation also uh, under a different name, but who cares, uh, at the Eclipse Foundation. And really, uh, Spotplug is using MQTT as a transport. So the good thing about MQTT is that you can publish anything anywhere. And the bad thing about MQTT is that you can publish anything anywhere. So of course, since ThreadX and, and specifically NetX Duo as an MQTT implementation, porting Spotplug to a ThreadX-based environment shouldn't be that bad. I'm not saying it's trivial. I probably yeah. wouldn't be able to do it myself, but still, I mean, most of the work is already done for you. So my expectation is that, in fact, the Sparkplug community will jump onto the opportunity because uh, that's the thing. Compared to PCUA, which you could see at it as it not necessarily rival, but yeah, alternative, let's say, um, currently in the market, Sparkplug is embeddable into very small devices. And you wouldn't see that with OPC UA because it requires a full-blown server on the device and that kind of stuff. So that's more um, stringent in terms of resources required. So essentially, the fact that now you can have the smallest and best performing kernel, and of course, on the top of it, the smallest and best performing industrial automation protocol in Spotplug is really another little game changer that we are bringing to the market. So it's early days, but lots of excitement in the future for sure. Definitely lots. And Frederic, I think I'll have to I'll have to have you come back to discuss more about Sparkplug because I see you're excited you're excited oh, about yes. it. Yes. And so we'll have you and uh, and I know Stefan will have you as well back on the IT show. Thank you both for this reintroduction of ThreadX in the form of the Eclipse ThreadX project. Uh, long live ThreadX. And uh, I hope to see, well, we will see you, both of you back on the IT show. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. Have a great one. See you guys. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Olivier. Thank you.